Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the Associate Pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Amen, amen. Well, God is good, right? Amen. So I can barely stay up here anyway. I'm going to scoot this up a little bit, and uh, I'm not even going to promise that I'm going to use it for very long, but... Um, I'm excited about what God is doing in the earth. Are you? So sometimes, sometimes we look at the earth and, and we think, my gosh, everything is so bad. It, it looks like things just keep getting worse. And every time I turn on the TV or every time I open up social media, who gets their news from social media? Like, be honest. You, get, you don't ever see the TV. You get your news from social media. Who gets, so be honest, who gets their news from an official news source on social media? Who gets their news from, like, Carlsbad 411 on social media? Like, so, especially if you look at that, then you see a very grim view of society. Amen? You think that's right? Do you agree with me on that? We see a, a very grim view of society and everything's bad and everything is, is going to hell in a handbasket, right? I just can't believe how bad the world is getting. But in the midst of that, we can have great joy. Do you believe that? In the midst of that, we can have great joy. You know why? Because my joy is not tied to what I see on a social media post. My joy is not tied to the events that may be happening on my block or across town or in Washington, D.C. or on the other side of the world. My joy is tied to the one that was born unto me on Christmas. Amen? To my Savior, Jesus. Right? Praise God, praise God. Why well, I'm so excited about what God is doing in the earth. I'm excited about what God is doing at Word of Life Church. I'm excited about what God is doing in your life. Amen? Well, praise God. I want to do a couple of things before we just dive right in. Um, first of all, I want to say two big congratulations. We've got Michelle, who's back there in the sound booth, and Michelle and uh, her boyfriend Eddie were engaged this week or last weekend, right? That's so awesome. And then Aralia and Leroy were engaged last night. Is that right? Last night. That's amazing. So tis the season. If you're thinking about it, if you like it, you better put a ring on it. So, uh, amen. Praise God. Well, there's one other thing that I want to do today. Um, uh, you may have seen uh, me on, on my Instagram and on my, my uh, Facebook account talking about uh, one more outreach that I wanted to do this Christmas, okay? And God just laid this on my heart. Um, it, it really it hit me early this week, and I thought, God, I want to do, do one more thing, and I just felt like God was stirring in me to do something. And so I put it out there, and I said, hey, partner with us for one more outreach. We've already done a lot, 
right? We had an angel tree. We fulfilled all of that. We had 85 um, gifts that we sent to faith, hope, and love for, for people in the community. Um, we're doing a dinner for Lifehouse. We have done so much out of this church. I wanted to do one more thing. And so I said, partner with me, but here's the, here's the trick. I'm not going to tell you what it is, which is terrible. And uh, so I just asked you to trust me, which is maybe even worse. And uh, I said, but you guys just trust me. It's going to be worth it. So we've got a group of people um, here at, at Word of Life and, and um, beyond, but, but we're focusing on Word of Life today. We've got a, a group of extraordinary people. Just, I have the absolute utmost respect for what they do every single day. These people, they go, they work super hard, and they, they, um, they, they've got it rough sometimes. I think we all have it rough sometimes, right? But, but this group of people, they have it rough sometimes, and so I want to honor them today. So what we're going to do is if you are a single parent... I want you to come up here. If you are a single parent, I know that every day you get out and you work. And it's tough some days, right? So here's what I want to do. Today, I want to bless you. Our word of life wants to bless you with an extra $50 to spend on Christmas however you see fit. All right? There you guys go. You're welcome. You're welcome. Here you go. You're welcome. Here you go. I think that's just uh, amazing. And uh, so here's what I'm going to do because I wanted to make sure I had enough. So I bought, uh, I bought several cards, and I've got, I've got six cards left, okay? I've got six cards left. And so what I want you to do is if you, um, if you will commit to do this, then I want... Six people to come see me after service, and I'm going to give you a card, and I want you to go. They're Walmart cards, so I want you to go to Walmart, and, uh, but you have to go before Christmas. That's the trick, all right? And I don't think you could pay me enough money to go before Christmas. But what I want you to do is I want you to go. I want you to buy something. I don't care what you buy. Buy whatever. Maybe buy something for somebody else. I don't know. And then I want you to put $50 on the person's um, check behind you, all right? So whatever they're getting, um, I don't know what they're getting, whatever they're getting, then $50 goes towards it, courtesy of Word of Life Church, all right? So if you will do that, then come and see me after service and you can have one of these cards, all right? Cool. I don't want to see you all over Instagram. You're all, hey, guess what I got from my church? All right? Thank you, Word of Life. All right. So we're going to talk today about great joy. Sound good? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you that your word is spirit and life to us. God, I thank you that you have given us the most amazing gift that we could have ever asked for, and that was in your son, Jesus, that literally transformed us from death unto life. It gave us hope in hopeless situations. You gave us joy where there was no reason to have joy, and you have given us peace that we can establish and build our life on. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise today, and we open up your word, and we ask you to speak to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, we're only going to have a couple scriptures today. Isaiah 9, verse 2, this is prophesying of Jesus. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but we're laying a foundation for what we're going to go on and say. So in Isaiah 9, 2, it says, the people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. That's good news, right? It's dark, all of a sudden the light comes on. The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, on them hath a light shined. You have multiplied the nation, and you have increased their joy, and they joy before you. And the joy of the harvest as men rejoice when they divide up the spoil. When you've had a hard-fought battle. Let me ask you this. Anybody play sports? You play sports when you're in, in school or whatever? Some of you think you can still play? Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> you played sports when you were in school or whatever, and uh, when you would have a hard-fought battle, you'd fight hard, man, and you had that victory, didn't it feel good? Man, it felt good because you know that you laid it all on the line. You left it all on the court. You left it all on the field. You didn't leave nothing behind, and you came out ahead. He said that they rejoice the way, I would even make like a, a Broncos interjection here, but we don't win many games these days. <laughs> and so uh, I can't even do that. But it says that you rejoiced the way that men rejoice when they divide up the spoil. It says the yoke of the burden and the staff off his shoulders you have broken. It says you have broken the rod of his oppressor as in the days of Midian. If you remember this, we talked several weeks ago um, when I was speaking about Gideon and we went in depth about Gideon and we talked about how Gideon, he thought he was just the, the, the absolute worst person that could ever be picked for anything of significance. He had no confidence in himself at all, but God had given him a name. Remember that? God had given him a name and his name was Mighty Man of Valor, that he was called to help. That was Gideon's name. It was his family lineage. He says here, just as in the days of Midian, and they rejoice when they overcame the oppression that they had had for seven years. He says here that you rejoice the same way that they rejoice after coming out of that oppression. You can rejoice in the same way. Why? He says the armor of the armored man and the garments rolled in blood shall be for burning, for fuel, for the fire. Why? Because. Because unto us a child is born. Because unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, it says, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. We talked, when we were talking about Gideon, how important a name that God has given you is. Here, he says, this is his name. This is what he does. This is what the say, how the Savior is defined. He's defined as wonderful, meaning an extraordinary, hard sometimes to understand person. 
Hard to understand just how wonderful he is. Hard to understand just how extraordinary he is. I can attest to this. I became a Christian when I, I could barely talk. And I said, I need Jesus. Because that's all I ever knew. And I cried out to Jesus. And I can say this, that today I stand here at 37 years old and I'm still learning how wonderful he is. Amen? I'm still learning how wonderful he is. He's wonderful. He's counselor, meaning the one that has been called to advise us and devise a plan for us. Aren't you glad that you don't have to come up with your own plan? He's been called to devise a plan for us. It says the mighty God or the strongest and the most powerful one. The strongest and the most powerful one. The everlasting father. The continuous king. The head of the family. The head of the church. The everlasting father. And lastly is what we're going to really focus on today. The prince of peace. The completion. The one that is in charge of the completion of my welfare. My body, my mind, and my spirit. Amen. Praise God. Jesus has come. It says in verse 7 here in Isaiah 9, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from now until forever. And my favorite part of this verse, and the zeal of Jehovah, the Lord of hosts, will carry this out. If you want to know how serious God is about this, he said, I have fire for it. I have passion for it. I have zeal for it. And I'm going to make sure that it's carried out. How many believe that God has the ability to carry out what he's most passionate about? Amen? Praise God. He is most passionate about this, that a Savior was born to you. I've heard it said this way, that this is the number one interest of my Father God. It's a number one interest that I come to understand what it means to have a Savior born to me. That I come to the saving knowledge of the truth, but not just that I cry out to Jesus and then forget about it. But it's the number one interest of my Father God that I cry out to Jesus and that I follow him. You want to you say this. Some people would say, that when we preach the grace message that we're giving people a, a license to sin, it's like we're just saying you can do whatever you want because you're saying that God forgives you. Not at all. I'm not saying that at all because God is passionate about us following after Jesus. He's passionate about it because he knows that's what's best for us. He's passionate about it. God doesn't want to see hurt in your life. God doesn't want to see turmoil in your life. God doesn't want to see pain in your life. He wants you to know that he's madly in love with you, and he wants what's best for your life. That's why he sent you a Savior that's going to abide with you forever. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. And he was born to us before we could even call on him. Do you understand that? Jesus doesn't love you because you called on him. He loved you before you had the ability to call on him. He simply loves you. So let's go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to spend a little bit of time here. In Luke chapter 2, we see the story of what was prophesied earlier by Isaiah. Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. It says, now there were in the same country, and I'm going to read it all, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to break it all down. 
There were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. It's, it says they stood before them, not upon them. So the angels weren't standing on them because that would be really strange if the angels were standing on them. You guys okay? You with me? You didn't even catch it or you didn't think I was funny. Either way, that doesn't work because I'm hilarious. <laughs> we need to establish that right now. It says, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, because I bring you good tidings of great joy. Say, great joy. Great joy. Say it again, great joy. great joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be to all people. Again, say, all people. All people. And then it says, for unto you. Say, unto me. Unto me. So say it again, great joy. For all, people, for all people, because unto me, unto me is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace and goodwill towards men. There's that word peace again. Jesus came to be our Prince of Peace. It says here that the good tidings of great joy is that he has come to bring peace and goodwill towards men. Let's begin to break this down a little bit. Luke chapter 2, and, and when we read in verse 8, it says there were in the same country shepherds. Now, anytime we see the word shepherd in the Bible, that one of the things that shepherd can mean or, or stand for, or a shepherd can be a type of a pastor or an overseer, the shepherd of the flock. So in modern day terms that I would be, or Pastor Daniel would be the shepherd and you would be the flock, all right? So let's establish that fact. It was very important, not an accident, that the angels went to the shepherds. I believe that God believes in a chain of command. Amen? God believes in a chain of command. And so if he was going to bring someone to come and to rock the church world, he was going to have to tell the shepherds. It was important that he told the shepherds. Anytime that God brings a new wave or God brings a new revelation or, or God does something of significance in the church, he's going to do it through the shepherds. He's going to do it through the pastors. I believe in no uncertain terms that you are called to be a part of a local body and set under a shepherd, set under a pastor, because God believes in the chain of command. Am I saying that God can't speak to you? Absolutely not. God should speak to you. If you will open up your ears and listen to what God has to say, God will speak to you. I promise. But let me say this, that God will always lead through his church. He's the one that set it up. So he leads through the shepherds. So there were in the same country shepherds living out in the field. Why is it important that it's the same country? I mean, he could have picked shepherds anywhere, but he picked shepherds in the same country. There were in the same country. These are the same place where Jesus was. These are the same shepherds. 
These are the shepherds from the lineage of David. These are the shepherds that are over where Jesus was going to be born. They were in the same country. They had the same issues. They had the same problems. They were going through all the same stuff. They were in the same country. They were the same people, same culture, very important. And they were out in the field. They were out in the field because they were working hard every single day. They would get up and they were doing their best. And they were working so hard in the field. And they were keeping watch over their flock by night. So I looked up this word, keeping watch. And as I did a study on what it meant to keep watch, found something really interesting. And really, I want you to understand this before I, I go on, that today and, and, and every time from this pulpit, whether it's me or Pastor Daniel or, or somebody else, we're talking about Word of Life Church. And I don't want you to read anything into what I'm about to say and say, well, he's talking about this person or that person. No, I'm not. I'm bringing a contrast to Word of Life Church to maybe some others. All right? I'm not talking about anybody in, in particular. I also believe this, and this is a side note, that there's no place in the body of Christ for bashing other Christians or really anyone. But there's no place in the body of Christ. I'll see, um, I'll see sometimes on social media posts and stuff like that, somebody that's bashing somebody else. Maybe they're a preacher in the public eye or something like that, or maybe it's another church. Or There's absolutely no place in the body of Christ to call anybody out who's preaching the gospel of Jesus. Amen? Whether you agree with what they say or you don't agree with what they say, there's no place for that. Amen? Praise God. So this is what it says. It says, they were keeping watch over their flock by night. I believe that there are a lot of shepherds that are doing the best that they can in the field, working really hard, but they're keeping watch, and they're too focused on keeping watch. When I looked up this word or this phrase, keeping watch, it, it meant or it carried the connotation almost like an imprisonment. Almost like an imprisonment. Again, I don't want you to take that out of context, but I believe that there are a lot of shepherds that are out there and because we're working so hard and we're afraid and we see the world view and we see things that are going on and we say, man, if I can just keep you all in here, and I believe that it's really motivated by love, honestly. But if we can keep you all in here, anybody ever like overprotective of your kids? You're like, oh, you go way overboard. Why? You love them so much. And I'm like, I don't want you to go out and I don't, I don't want you to get hurt. And so you just stay in here and we're going to deal with and we're going to address every issue and we're going to clamp down and we're going to say all these rules and you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this because I don't want you to go out and I don't want you to misuse things. I don't want you to go out and, and end up to where you're hurting and where you're broken. This is how these shepherds were. They, they were so focused on everything around them that they were in the field and they were working hard and they were keeping watch and they were almost imprisoning their sheep because they didn't want anything bad to happen to them keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what does it say they did? 
Oh my gosh, God is here. Yeah, open up the floodgates. Let's receive what God has for us today. Is that what they did? Mm -mm. It says they were greatly afraid. They were greatly afraid. I believe that there are a lot of shepherds that we don't even see the glory of God when it presents itself because we're too focused on everything that happens around us. What's the next protest that we need to do? What's the next thing that we need to stand up and talk against? What's the next thing that we need to do so that we can make sure and protect our sheep when we don't realize that showing them Jesus protects our sheep? Amen? Praise God. You guys didn't get excited enough about that. Showing you Jesus is your protection. You having an intimate walk with Jesus is your protection. You having an intimate walk with Jesus to where you see him in everything that you do. If I can show you Jesus, then your life will be freed. It's not the amount of regulations and rules that I put on you that you're not going to obey anyway. I mean, let's be honest. That just requires you to put on your church clothes and your church face when you come here, right? But what I want to do is I want to show you Jesus so that you can have real lasting change. Why? Because unto you was born a Savior. Unto you was born a Savior. And so it says here, they were greatly afraid, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. I believe that God is speaking to us through this passage today, just as he was speaking to the shepherds then. And he's telling us, I don't care what's going on around you. Do not be afraid because I've, bring you, I've, I've brought you good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy to anyone who walks through those doors. I don't care what your background is. I don't care which side of the tracks you're from. I don't care where you've been in your past. I don't care how broken you are and how hurt you are. And I don't even care what you said to the person that pulled out in front of you when you were on your way here. <laughs> this is for all people. This is for all people because unto you, is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. I'm bringing you good tidings. I am preaching to you today. I am proclaiming to you today that there is great joy for everyone. There is great joy for everyone because unto you is born today a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he goes on. He says, and this will be a sign to you. This is going to be a sign. This is going to be a map for your life. This is how you know. All right? This is how you know that you're in the right place. This is how you know that you're doing the right thing. For unto you is born a Savior. He is Christ the Lord. And this is how you know you're going to find the baby. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And he's going to be lying in a manger. This is how you know. This is how you see Jesus. And shepherds, I want you to go and I want you to tell your sheep that this is how you know. 
You're going to find the baby. He's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. He's going to be lying in a manger. I'm here to tell you this today. This is how you know. This is how you know, because just as a shepherd's job there, my job is to tell you, this is how you know that you found Jesus. When you find someone that is your answer and your hope, when you find someone that is your peace, when you just can't do it anymore, when you're at the end of your rope and you have no hope, then you cry out to Jesus and you say, Jesus, come and to help me. And that peace that comes over you, this is how you know. You experience peace like you've never experienced before. This is how you know. You have freedom like you've never experienced freedom before. This is how you know. There's a love that comes over you. This is how you know. You're struggling with addiction. Jesus is here to break that addiction. This is how you know. Is now you have help. Now you have hope. Now you have an answer. And he's Jesus Christ. He's Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is your love. He is your hope. And that brings me great joy. Amen? That brings me great joy. For unto me was born a Savior. It said, and suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Sometimes we talk about peace and, and we hear it a lot, especially in times of war or, or unsettling times and and. We say, well, just pray for peace, especially during this time. My, what's that song? My, my grown-up Christmas list, no more lives torn apart, that wars would never start, or whatever the song goes, right? I mean, we hear it a lot that there'll be peace on earth, peace on earth. Well, the angel came, and he said, here, on earth there is peace. On earth there is peace, and there is goodwill towards men. Why? Because a Savior was born. There is peace. There is goodwill towards men because a Savior is born. There's great joy because of Jesus. There's great joy because of peace. And the relationship between God and man is now at peace. The relationship between God and man is now at peace. See, because when Adam sinned against God, then there was a separation or there was a division between God and man. But when Jesus came, he tore down that wall of separation between God and man, and he made peace between God and man. He was the bridge between God and man to where now we can go to the Father. Now we know that God is for us and he's not against us. We're not waging a war against God anymore. Yeah, maybe there's unsettling times and there's there's times where we're not at peace with one another but we know that ultimately God is for us and if God is for us then who can be against us if my God is for us then we have an answer and we have a hope and we have an advocate with the father and we know that God is working in these situations to bring about what his will is and we carry that light we carry that hope into this world I can know I can know that God is for me, and that brings me great joy 
The word great joy, it means an overwhelming gladness, meaning content, pleasure, satisfaction. It means a calm delight, a cheerfulness, or an encouragement and an approval for years and years and years. So you could say it this way in Luke chapter 10. The angels came to the shepherds and said, do not have any anxiety or unrest. You don't have to have any anxiety or unrest. Anybody ever struggle with anxiety or unrest? You don't have to have any anxiety or unrest. Why? Because born unto you is a Savior. I give you good news that will bring you overwhelming contentment, enjoyment, and encouragement and approval for the rest of your life because a child was born to you and he came to bring peace between God and man. Praise God. Praise God. Heaven is now at peace with earth because of Jesus. So this word peace, I heard a guy talking, and he said this. He said a lot of people think peace is like hippie peace, like, <laughs> right? Headbands, blue sunglasses. I act like I know. That was before I was born, y'all. A lot of people think that it means like hippie peace or peace like, hey, no one's shooting at me, peace. But peace, true peace, it doesn't matter what's happening. The wind could be swirling and Jesus is asleep at the bottom of the boat not worried about a thing. That's peace. Peace is knowing that one of two things is going to happen anytime that you face adversity. This is extremely important, guys. I want you to get this. I want you to know this. If you're like, man, my resolution for 2019 is to not be on such a roller coaster in life, wouldn't that be a good one? Anybody? Can anybody relate to that? I want to get off the roller coaster in life in 2019. This is a key right here. Whenever you face adversity, what do you do? What do you do? Do you throw up your hands and you say, forget it all? Do you have to change your Facebook status real quick? What happens? This is the best day of my life. Ten minutes later, I hate my life. What do we do? Peace. Do you have peace? Do you have Jesus? If you have Jesus, you have peace, right? If you have Jesus, you have peace. If you understand Jesus, then you understand that you have peace. If you don't get to know him a little better, I can tell you this, the increase of my knowledge of Jesus is increasing daily. The increase of my revelation of peace in my life. But I know this, that whenever adversity happens, one of two things is going to happen. Either God is going to shield me from the adversity and protect me from it, or God is going to give me the strength that I need to make it through it. Either God's going to protect me from it or God's going to give me the strength to make it through it. I know one of two things is going to happen, and it's not going to be that I fall flat on my face. It's not going to be that I lose everything. It's not going to be that I'm hopeless and broken and hurt and beaten down. No, it's either that God is a shield for me or that God has strengthened me and he's given me iron on my feet so that I can tread upon those places that try to bring me adversity. Amen? 
Praise God. Get off the roller coaster. You don't need to be on it. It's not as fun as you think. You're going to throw up in the end. I just let you know, your neck's going to hurt. I'm telling you guys, how many of you, let me just ask you, can you relate to this? You used to be all about roller coasters when you were young, and then you tried to ride them with your kids, and you're like, oh, my God. <sighs> but you can't let them see your weakness, right? You good? I'm good. I'm good. Let's get something to eat. I'm going to wait. I'm just, I'm just not hungry. I'm starting a diet right now. Man, it's kind of terrible getting old sometimes. One of two things is going to happen. Either God's going to shield you from adversity or he's going to protect you from it. Or that when you go through it, he's going to give you the strength to go through it. If you honestly believe this, you'll have supernatural peace that only God can bring. Only God can bring we're going to go back to Luke here in a second, but I want to touch real quick on Isaiah 53 because I've said many times during this Christmas season that we can't have just the birth of Jesus unless we have the death and resurrection of Jesus. Amen? Praise God. But it brings it all together in such a beautiful way. Look at this. Isaiah, remember, he prophesied that Jesus was going to come and he was going to be a savior. Well, Isaiah also prophesied of Jesus' death and what would happen here. He says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. For the stupid things that we've done, he was wounded. Hmm, that's good, right? I know that doesn't apply to you, but it applies to me. I know you've never done anything stupid, but I have. Probably the person next to you has, but you haven't, right? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. It says the chastisement of our peace. Again, that word peace. It keeps showing up when it talks about Jesus. The chastisement of our peace, the punishment that it took to ensure that we had peace. The pain that it took to make sure that we had peace. Oh, I've just got to go through the rough waters so that I can find peace, brother. No, you don't. Jesus already did. Why do you want to do it too? Well, I just, I, I feel like I just have to, I, I have to go out and I just have to make my own way for a little bit. Why? Why do you have to? Jesus already did. You don't have to. You're only doing it because you're stubborn. You're only doing it because you want to. You're only doing it because secretly, even though you say all the time, I just try to stay away from drama, you really like the drama if you want me to be for real. You crave on it. You feed on it. I just, I try to cut those people out of my life. Oh, because last time I remember you were the one that were bringing it all up. It's getting quiet. Again, that's the person next to you, right? So you can amen, just it's the person next to you that I'm talking about. <laughs> he says here that he was wounded for our stupidity, for our transgressions, for the messes that we got ourselves in. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. When we've sinned against God, he was bruised for those things that, that we have done that pulled us away. He was bruised for that. Deep wounds for those things that are deep in our lives. And it says the chastisement of our peace. See, we were not at peace with God. We were, not at, we were at war with God. We fought God on every level. But the chastisement of our peace, everything that it took to bring us to a place where we were at peace with God was on Jesus. And it says, by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, he bought our peace. By his stripes, he fought for our peace. By his stripes, he was beaten for our peace. He earned it. Guys, he earned it. So we didn't have to earn it. It had to be earned somewhere. Romans tells us that whoever was baptized in him was baptized into his death. When we're talking about baptism, we're talking about we become a Christian. Whoever becomes a Christian, whoever says, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life, I'm changed and we're transformed from the inside out. That person was baptized into him and we receive his peace that he fought for that he bought, that he earned, because I can't earn it on my own. I want you to see this, because a lot of times the things that lead us to where we're at a place where we're not at peace with God, to where we're hopeless, to where we're broken, a lot of times those things are things that are deep-rooted in us. They're deep-rooted in you. You know what they are. The things that happened in your childhood, the things that happened in the way that you were brought up and now you see the world through a different perspective and a different worldview and you just can't seem to break free. Those things that are addictions in your life are things that your family has carried for years and years and years and you swore it would never be you, yet here you are. Those relationship cycles is because that's what you've seen over and over and over again and you've seen just abandonment and you've almost got to the point where you're used to abandonment and you give, you give in because you crave that acceptance so much when you don't realize and you don't understand that you have been accepted in Jesus and that's enough for you. And if you would allow him to heal you because his stripes that he took on his back is your healing. I'm not just talking about your physical healing. I'm talking about your mental healing. I'm talking about your emotional healing. I'm talking about your relationship healing. I'm talking about those issues, your family healing. And you've been in a cycle over and over and over again and you just can't seem to break free. Well, this one's going to be different. This one's going to be the one that's different. Well, I met someone and, and this one is different. They're not going to abandon me like the last 12 have. This one's going to be different. Oh, well, well, maybe they're not, they're not perfect right now, but I can change them. 
I can, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be a good influence in their life. And then you end up on the ground beaten again. Because it's not the, I'm not saying that it's, that this person is just the great evil in your life and just keeps you struggling. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that you have never allowed yourself to be healed. You have never allowed yourself to be focused on Jesus. You have never allowed yourself to say, no, by his stripes, I am healed. He fought for that for me. And I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to stand for it anymore. Everything that I have is in him. And if everything I have is in him, then I am not relying on anybody else. And then I guarantee you this. You're having, I don't know why I'm harping on relationships today, but let me get you, the, let, me, let me tell you this, that when you understand that all you have is in Jesus, you meet that person that all they have is in Jesus, and then you come together and you stand together holding hands with the cross. It's not each other. You don't have to have each other for your acceptance. I've been married for 15 years, almost 16 years. Or is it 16, it's almost 17, I don't know. If you've been married that long, you understand. You're like, oh, you're going to be in trouble later? She don't remember either. It's 15, it'll be 16 in, in August, right? I'm looking for affirmation. It's 16, it's going to be 17. What year did we get married? 2002? My math is hard. It's 2018 right now. 16 years. Been married. When you've been married that long, I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you this. And we've had this conversation a lot. That today we hold hands with the cross. We hold hands with the cross. Because I guarantee you this, and I may be in trouble for this one, but I guarantee you that there are times when my wife lets me down. Now, I've never let her down. There are times when if our hope was in each other, then we would have split a long time ago. If our hope was in the fact that we were going to be perfect for one another and every day was going to be a fairy tale. Right? If our hope was in the expectation that every day that she was going to be my source, my source of happiness, my source of hope, my source of joy, my, I'd be a miserable person right now. And it's not to say that our marriage isn't great, but our marriage is great because of Jesus. Because we hold hands with the cross. Because we understand that our acceptance is not in each other. And then we're able to accept one another because of him. I mean, understand that. We're able to love one another. I'm able to love deeper today than I loved 16 years ago when I said I do. I love deeper and greater today because I have a greater understanding of who Jesus is. I have a greater understanding of the cross. I have a greater understanding that born to me was hope, that born to me was love. I didn't realize that I was way, way over. We're almost done, though. I just looked up and I see like red. It's like, stop, stop. These people want to go home. <laughs> if it's not good, you can leave.
I thought I'd just put you on the spot. <laughs> I'm almost done. By his stripes, I'm healed. Then it talks about sheep again. We, like all sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord laid on him the iniquity of all of us. We've all messed up. We've all done stupid stuff. But God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Two more verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far away were made near by the blood of Jesus. For he is, it's the word again, for he is our peace. For he is our peace. Again, what's it talking about? Is it talking about he is our peace? Every day is going to be wonderful because he is our peace. It doesn't say that. Does it say no one's ever going to be mad at you and you're never going to be mad at anyone else because he is our peace? No, that's not what it says. But look, it says he is our peace who hath made both one and has broken down. When it's talking about both, he means the Jews and the Gentiles, all right? So people from everywhere, if we read in the context, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. He says, but he has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, between us and God, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances for to make himself of one new man so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. It says, and verse 17, and came and he preached peace to you that were afar off. And through him we have access to the Father. Amen? Amen. In him we have access to the Father. Last verse. Luke chapter 2, bringing this back to Christmas. And it came to pass, verse 15. And it came to pass as the, Jew, as the uh, angels, I'm sorry, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, I want you to remember these shepherds. These shepherds were so concerned with the events happening in the world that they were afraid and they were keeping close Watch on their sheep. They were so worried. Remember, peace is Jesus laying in the bottom of the boat, not worried about anything. But these shepherds were like, what's going to happen next? He says here that the angels were gone. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing which has come to pass that the Lord has made known to us. This is very important because coming back to the subject of shepherds, guys, I may not know everything. I know I don't. I guarantee it. There's more that I don't know than what I know, a whole lot more. Pastor Daniel doesn't know everything, but I guarantee you this. I can, I can pledge to you this. And when the Lord shows me something, I can pledge to you this. When the Lord shows Pastor Daniel something, that we're going to go and we're going to see it. We're going to go. What did these shepherds do? I don't believe that these shepherds were doing what they needed to be doing. 
But the angel of the Lord came to them, and they were, their first reaction was, oh, man, uh, we're afraid. We're afraid. But then when the angels left, they said, hey, the Lord spoke this to us. Let's go see what he's talking about. So they got up, and they went to Bethlehem. It said they came with haste. They didn't wait around. They said, we got to see it right now. We got to go right now. And they found Mary. They found Joseph. They found the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. They found the sign. They found the sign. It bore witness with their spirit. They saw what God was talking about. And when they had seen it, so good right here, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad, saying which was told them concerning this child. And when they had seen it, they told everybody. They told every. See, these shepherds, they were confined. They were like, oh, no, we got to watch our sheep because something bad might happen, and I don't want anything bad to happen. And if anything starts, if one sheep starts to stray, then I'm going to say, no, come back here, and we're going to chastise them, and we're going to chasten them, and we're going to say that you need to follow these rules and these guidelines and these standards, and this is what you have to do because this is the only way that you're going to live out what God has intended in you. And then the angels came, and and they said, hey, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy because there's a better way. I believe these angels introduced the grace message to these shepherds. They came and they said, look, you've been working really, really hard in the field. And I understand that you're doing the best that you can, but I've got a better way. Look at this. Point to Jesus. Why don't you look to Jesus? Because Jesus has come and he's going to be everything that you've been trying to do. And so when they went and they saw, they went back and they told all their sheep and they told everybody that they saw and they said, you have got to go and see Jesus. You have got to fix your eyes on Jesus because he is liberating, because he's freedom for you, because he's joy for you and peace for your life because the days where God set up and, and we had this view of an angry God and we couldn't approach God and we couldn't go into the holy of holies and there had to be a priest to go on our behalf, not any longer, because today we can say, I stand boldly in the presence of my Savior, and I cry out to God knowing that I am redeemed in Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. These shepherds, they went and they told everyone that they could see about Jesus, and it says that, that in verse 18, all that they heard, it and all they that heard it, my gosh, all they that heard it wondered at those things that was told to them. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God. Doesn't that sound a lot like what the angels were doing? These shepherds got it. They were glorifying and praising God for what they had seen and what they had heard. I'm going to ask you this. What are you doing with the knowledge that you have of Jesus? What are you doing? It's not just my job to stand up here and proclaim it. It's been proclaimed to me, and now I'm proclaiming it to you. And it's your job to go and proclaim it to somebody else. I believe this. 
And this may be a little radical. I'm not trying to get crazy. But I believe this, that the whole point of Christmas, we talk about, oh, the commercialization of Christmas, and we've turned Jesus into Xmas and happy holidays, and we, we've begun to, there's this war on Christmas. No, those are the shepherds that are greatly afraid. Those are the shepherds that are greatly afraid because to me, it's not tied to whether I say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or it's not tied to that. I believe that the whole idea of Christmas was ordained by God so that everybody proclaims the goodness of his son. That's what I believe. When else can you turn on TV and hear the gospel preached on every network. The other night, I turned on the TV. In commercials, I'm hearing joy to the world. In secular programs, I'm hearing, oh, come let us adore him. I'm hearing silent night because all this calm and all this bright because Jesus was born. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. And if, I, if all I see is a Christmas light, that's okay. That's okay. Because doesn't the Bible say that we were in darkness and now we've seen a great light? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can drive down my street. Normally it's dark. And it's not dark right now because there is light shining all over the place because God has put a holiday in that screams his glory and that everywhere I see, I see him. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah, he's so good. Let's pray, guys. God, I thank you for this wonderful day. God, I thank you that you have poured your love out on us in Jesus. God, I thank you that under the Christmas tree of heaven was born to us an answer and that you have put an entire season that we get to start earlier and earlier and earlier because Walmart stocks their shelves so early. <laughs> and we're screaming the message of your son. God, I pray that this Christmas that you give us a deeper understanding of your goodness. God, that you give us a deeper understanding of your peace that you sent by giving us the Prince of Peace, the ruler over our peace. Jesus. God, we praise you. Guys, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed today, this is just out of respect for everyone else. God can hear you even if your eyes are open and your head is up. We're respecting our brothers and sisters around us. I want to ask you today, if you've never received Jesus into your life to be your Lord and your Savior, I want to ask you to do that. 
The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. And we talked in great detail today about what Jesus did for us. So the only thing that's left is for you to say, I need that. So Jesus, come and help me. Jesus, come into my life. The scripture tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, meaning you're saying, Jesus, I understand that your way is better than my way, and I give you permission to come in and to help me and to lead me. And it says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, meaning you believe that that story is true, that Jesus Christ came to this earth, he died on the cross for you, and that he rose again. The Bible says, if you do those two things, confess with your mouth that he's Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you'll be saved. And so I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask you to say this after me. And I'm going to, I heard another minister just recently. I was listening to his podcast, and he said, here we're family, we never pray alone. I had never heard anybody else do that when I started doing it. And, but I think it's right. I think it's good. Because here we don't pray alone. We're family. I'd like you just to say this prayer with me. If you're watching online, say this prayer with us. If you've already received Jesus, you're showing support to your brothers and sisters that are watching along with you. If you've never said this before and you mean it, the Bible says you're a child of God. So say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again. And today I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us, church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.